0: You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. That stadium is going to be rocking, and heaven help whoever walks in there to play us. Sustained effort and violence—you play your ass off. Find out when the cannons explode from the sidelines to the You're watching the Pirate Preview on the Sports Objective. Join us every Tuesday night on YouTube Live as we're joined by beat writers and other media members we take a look at what lies ahead for the Pirates.
1: Now, here are the guys.
2: Here it is, a first go.
3: Pirates. Welcome into the Pirate Preview right here on the Sports Objective. And ladies and gentlemen, we're all team Kyle. Kyle Barber, how are you, man?
1: What's on, Dave, uh, as we sit here on a Tuesday night looking ahead to the college football week ahead uh, and the uh, Navy midshipmen come to town. And it's mm-hmm. normally a bad, bad day for the Pirates when the midshipmen come rolling their uh, ship into uh, into uh, Greenville and put down anchors. But uh, according to the boys in Vegas, that's going to change this year and the Pirates will get their first ever victory over the Middies. As the last look, we were a 17-point favorite um, we'll see what happens. I think the pirates get it done, but I'm not putting
3: my money on that 17 point line. And we also have, whether it's Matt Semenza, Matt, what's up, dude.
4: What's going on guys. Uh, Navy week, you know, um, this, this is a game where, you know, anytime I hear the, the name, the, you know, the team name Navy, I have flashbacks to some of those beat downs in Greenville from, from 10 years ago. But, um, I'll tell you guys, I, I just once in my lifetime, I would love for us to embarrass Navy in Greenville. So, you know, no disrespect to, to the Navy. Love the Navy. Love the midshipmen. But uh, on Saturday, I'm, I'm hoping for an
3: absolute beatdown. And uh, by the way, and coming up later, we'll have uh, – we actually have clips of an interview Bubba did with uh, Pete Medhurst, the play-by-play voice, who we thank the world of. So let me just say that. It's a great guy, but my goodness, um, you're right, guys. The, the games have been – and i tell you another thing I can't stand is not that I don't like the song, but when you're getting your tail kicked by Navy and you're anchors away, oh, my God, like I'm going, um, really? And so hopefully uh, <laughs> hopefully we can get a big win. I, I do think we're going to win the game. Um, the question is how much, um, but no disrespect to Navy. I just don't think there is the type of Navy – that we grew up with,
1: well, maybe they are the type of navy we grew up with, instead of the type of navy that's been in recent years. Well, maybe um, that, yeah. the uh, what do you guys think about us doing a whiteout for for, for this game? I mean, I, I I'm going to be very disappointed if we don't come out in all white uniforms with red white with white helmets with a red white and blue pirate logo on the side of the helmet. If we're doing a whiteout, just to wear regular white uniforms with purple helmets, I'm going to be aggravated. Well, I love
4: it. I love it. And what you know? what's easier than a white out? Everybody has a white shirt. Not Everybody,
1: me? Not me? Co- you I wear a white undershirt, shirt. but my fat ass ain't wearing a white undershirt to the game. Any, <laughs> well, type, of white white shirt, any I, type of white shirt. Any type of shirt. I have shirt no, no other white Dude, let me, <laughs> tell you, let me tell you a rule for, for fat boys, Matt. This, this is just a good rule for fat boys don't wear white. That's just, uh, no. <laughs> White chose the roles, baby. So uh
3: I forgot. Yeah, look, you I forgot get that memo before the show.
1: I, I literally <laughs> if, if you look if you look in my um if you look in my wardrobe, I probably own, and it's not like getting into button-up shirts, polos, I probably own fifty t-shirts. Of my fifty t-shirts, every one of them uh are either black, purple, and I think I maybe have two gray. Everything else is black or purple.
4: All right, well. I'm gonna overnight you a white shirt. Now, yes, I, won't, right.
3: I won't wear it, so don't waste your time. <laughs> so you're not going by your, You're gonna be at the.
1: <laughs> I got a light gray. I got a light gray ECU hoodie, um, and it's gonna probably be cool enough to put on a hoodie by by, by halftime. That I'll bring with me, and that'll be close enough to white.
3: All right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we're more worried about the. But uh... <laughs> by the way, uh, speaking of uniforms. I really, really, really want um, where we do one game a year. We talked about this before. But Adidas, let's do a throwback jerseys one time a year, once. Well,
1: when, when are we going to do the the special student design? That's been like yeah. – has that been forgotten about? I mean, I, I
2: – It's going um, to be unveiled Sunday night uh, or sometime Sunday on social media. Okay, uh, we, so it's going to be
1: worn for the Memphis game apparently?
2: Uh perhaps I, we shall see and i don't know if they'll just unveil the uniform on uh, sunday or if they'll go ahead and release that other information as far as when we're going to wear it as well but uh it would be, be interesting to see uh yes miles yeah, berry, be miles berry in different interviews has hinted around at, uh, at the possibility of wearing a gold helmet this year and he's also um, there's also been some some hints at, out there as far as uh, as far as the possibility of maybe a throwback uniform like Dave is saying so. Who knows if um, if Will's design kind of incorporated some of those throwback elements, be it the '91 uniform
1: or something else? We did. If we want to do a gold helmet. Then why in the world that we save that for the save the gold out? For one, we would have a gold helmet. I mean that 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 that's going to get on my nerves if 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 the uniform is got a gold helmet and we did the stupid gold out for the Campbell game. I mean, the purple out. <laughs> yeah, well, the purple out, which should be any game. But I, I know, I know. I'm just I, I've been wanting to go on helmet, but what Bubba? To me, and I, I mentioned this to you before, as we got here on uniform discussion. Um, I, I can picture our current logo on a on a yellow gold helmet with a purple chrome face mask
3: and I think it would look so awesome yeah I can see that uh, guys what about the um what about the pirate from way back in was that the 70s Pat Dyer?
1: we had two but yeah both of them were from the 70s I would love to see
3: I would love to see uh we did word. that we did that for the
1: Tulsa game um Mike Houston's first year. We did that on a helmet.
3: Wow, I miss I don't remember that. Okay. We did. We
1: did uh for the Tulsa game and uh I like it. I like stuff like that. It's played made. horrible.
2: Season season finale, like Kyle's saying against Tulson. Okay. okay. Yeah.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: We wore uh, purple jerseys and black pants and then
1: that helmet. Yep. Which looked gray in the pictures beforehand, but it, it was a black helmet. If I remember right, with a purple helmet. Was, I think was, I think it was just a black one moment. I'll, I'll put it up for our glasses. viewers, but I'm
2: sure most many folks uh, certainly recall the helmet we're referring to. It was a cool. How did you get
1: that mini helmet? I did. did I and when I
2: say mini helmet,
1: I, I do mean mini <laughs> helmet. Yes, I thought it was like a like a standard mini helmet, like you buy like this a desktop size mini helmet. Like I don't know, yeah, maybe like if I'm going to use a diecast comparison. Uh, two scale maybe it would be considered like a 124 scale, but uh, it it when I got it in the mail after paying like 20 some bucks for it, it was like it, as big as my thumb. I was like, "Are you kidding me?"
4: <laughs> well, guys, whatever whatever uniforms we whatever we do this weekend, a whiteout, whatever it is, um, you know, taking a look at this navy team. I got to say, I'm not overly impressed this year with what I've seen so far. They've scored seven points in their opener against Delaware. They scored 13 against Memphis. Um, Now, I know just like we've talked about before the show, the Navy for what, the fourth consecutive time against us guys has a bye week leading into the game. So that presents some challenges right there.
3: Yeah, Coach used to talk about that. And I'll tell you what, I said this in the green room. Right before our show, we have a pre-show meeting. I, I really feel like that if it's done once or twice, then you can go, okay, that's, but when it's done a lot, you have to question that. I think that's uh, the reason why Coach Houston put it out there is to call out the, normally he doesn't, he's he's one of those guys that plays by the rules and all, but he's like saying, hey, why are, why does Navy every single year have a bye week before? east carolina so and I, I do think that's fair um and and he was talking about three out of the last four years they've had that under the houston era and, and kyle you said on our friend steve Igo and I hoist the colors that they mentioned right
1: yeah somebody posted it, it wasn't i go it was a uh it was just oh, a, 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 yeah it's happened even more than that even more out of three or four years it's, it's just, since the series but series began way back in uh oh six it's happened uh even more often. Um so if you if you want to count on six that was the first game of the year so technically they had a bye week before they played us in. But um I uh yeah, it is a weird thing that they seem to always have an extra week for preparation to prepare for the Pirates. And uh you know this year they might actually need it. Um I I figure that they, you know, may put in some new wrinkles. Uh you know, I you've seen that Navy team get so much better. I remember in twenty twenty how bad they looked the season opener against BYU. And then they got better as the season went on. Um, but we're 17 point favorites guys. Um, uh, how confident uh, are each one of you that will, that that will cover that spread Matt start with you. Well, I'm very, I'm, I'll say this. I'm very confident.
4: We're going to win the game and take care of business because we just, I think we have better talent. Um, I think we have, we have much better depth, especially on the defensive line, Kyle, Um, where we can rotate bodies and wear people down. But um, I'm confident we're going to win. I could see 14 points. You know, if the line, let's just say the line was 13, I think I would roll with the Pirates. But 17, that's a little bit much for me considering, only because I know the history of the series. If If I didn't know the history and I just looked at what Navy's done this year, I'd say, okay, 17 looks like
3: a great bet. But knowing what they've done in Greenville, there's no way I could take it. Yeah, exactly. That Kyle, uh Matt still, still under there, but that that very thing is that I feel like we're winning the game. Um I'm not I'm confident on winning the game. I'm not confident on covering. I, I am not with 17 points, but I hope that I'm wrong. Um, but I feel like it's gonna be I wouldn't say a daffer kill uh field goal to win it last year last like last season, but I feel like this year Matt, you hit the Nail in the head there with the depth. I think what's impressed me the most with uh, Houston has been not only the depth, but the recruiting. Man, it's just every single year better and better and better and better. And um, man, the I just I'm just tickled with how everything's coming together. Um, we talked about year four would be a championship. Uh, I called that, and um, until I'm wrong, I'll admit if I'm wrong, but I really feel like we have a shot at winning American I really do Um, but we got to get things done uh, starting on Saturday and Kyle you're right I mean 2020 uh, they had the false positive where it was ridiculous Holt Naylor should have been allowed to play Um, last year we win the game Um, and guys wouldn't it be nice to win in Greenville finally I mean it's been ridiculous how we can never beat them and especially we never beat them in Greenville so Uh, And the fact that this will be, we've beat, if we win, that would be two in a row against Navy, which we've never done. Yeah. Yeah, we really need to
4: flip the script on Navy and and, and win two in a row. And I I just hope that, you know, you know that the, the old faithful portion of our fan base understands what's at stake here. But I hope that the younger fans, um, who maybe don't have the history show up, and I hope that they're loud and and fired up for this game because you know we're going to need a strong uh, performance from our fans this weekend.
1: Bubba, really do, do, do you think uh, do you think we'll cover Bubba?
2: I'm like Matt. Uh, could we cover? Uh, sure, but uh, if I had to to bet on it, uh, I think I, I would lean toward Navy plus the 17, just based on the history. Uh, I do think what, you mean, know, with the way this Navy offense has looked, but they're coming off the open date, and like you said, I mean, like they hadn't been this, you know, impotent, uh, you know, last season, but at the same time, you know, uh, last year they hadn't exactly set the world on fire offensively, and then they, then they put up. You know, over 350 yards rushing against us and 35 points. So I don't think that they'll have that type of success. But I, I do think that uh, we'll have our work cut out to to cover the spread. But who cares about that as long as we win the game? Uh, but I, th- I I do think it'll be much like the Campbell game, uh, like it was last year up at Navy, that they'll struggle to to stop us. You know, Holton was 27 out of 32 for a little over 400 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, We did not turn the ball over last year, neither did Navy. And um, that's the big thing that that could really get us in this game. I know you can say, well, hey, um, you can say that about any game. And true, but it's even more true in this game because you're going to have limited possessions. Yeah. And on average uh, in our games against Navy, you have 8 to 10 possessions as opposed to, you know, 12, 13, 14 possessions. So, any, anywhere from like 3 to 5 possessions fewer than, than you would have in most games. So, when we do have those red zone opportunities, it's important that we, you know, cash in and get touchdowns. And we've done a fairly good job of that this year. So, that needs to continue on Saturday.
1: Yeah, Guys, I, think the, I think on offense, uh, for us, you, you mentioned red zone opportunities, Bubba. I, I to, to me, you know, in and, Navy's and defense, I haven't looked at their stats. Uh, they were respectable on defense, uh, you know, against Memphis, uh, even though they lost to Delaware. I think you know, like they gave up 14 points. So I don't know how bad their defense is. But um, it, last year, we, we hit them with a lot of big plays. Um, we've shown the ability to do that this year. So uh, th- that's going to be key to me. Um, hit? The, can we hit the big plays again uh, this week? And can we cover? I haven't answered that. I think we can cover, based on history. I wouldn't bet on us covering, but uh, I'll say it before and I'll say it again. If we get the victory and we hold them to three touchdowns, um, I say give the defense a standing ovation. If, if they've Don't, got you know hey, twenty four points or less, maybe that is, and, and the Pirates win, uh, give, give give the uh, give the defense a standing ovation at the end of that game.
3: Hey, Matt. What will you do if uh, if we, all those bad scores that we saw over the years uh, with Brian Mitchell's defense and all that way back? What will you do if if what if we had some kind of crazy game where we score seventy on him?
4: Oh I mean, my god, that would be a dream come true. If that, that happens, won't happen,
3: I, I know it will happen. happen. i just I was just, Mike, Mike
1: Houston wouldn't do that.
4: If that happens, I'll go out and buy ten white shirts just for Kyle and overnight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please buy another color because I won't wear them. Um, but the uh, the uh, yeah.
2: Kyle going back to what you were saying as far as the Navy defense, um, as far as rushing, and uh, they they've only allowed fifty two yards a game, something wow. like that. And but passing defense, they they've allowed three hundred yards a game, and but they have produced nine sacks, and they're very much like you've heard Holton say it he said it last year as well yeah. as other people on offense coach Houston said it as far as them running a defense is very similar to ours and you mm-hmm. saw how efficient Holton was 27 out of 32 for 405 three touchdowns no interceptions mm. so i i really like our chances to uh, to go up and down the field on these guys we just have to take care of the football and then you know punch it in when we get in the red zone and then and then uh, find a way to get enough stops. And I know I could see, you know, a 34 to 20, something like
1: that. Yeah, you make a good point uh, that, that I had forgotten. Uh, our, our our defense coordinator, their defense coordinator, uh, come from the same coaching tree. Uh, they mm-hmm. both came from Valdosta State, both former defense coordinator. Kennesaw, Kennesaw. Kennesaw State. Uh, I knew it was a school in Georgia. Uh, Kennesaw State, they, uh, they both um, – Blake Harrell followed him when he when he left for Navy. Blake Harrell became the DC at Kennesaw, and um, so they run the basically the same defense. So while the Pirates should be able to hopefully run up down the field on them, that might also benefit the Navy offense because uh, they see this defense every day in practice. So keep that in mind. Um, I, I, it's going to be an interesting ball game, man. I, I really this is this from a from a Just knowing the history of the series, I I don't I don't look at this line and and, and take it too seriously. Um, I I would I would hope our players wouldn't either. Um, All all, you know, they know that this defense, the majority of this defense played against them last year, and just pop in some film from some other games in the past, and that ought to get anybody's attention who's who's not fully focused. But quite (laughs) honestly, opening conference game. Uh, the last two weeks, you know, no disrespect to Old Dominion. They're not a bad football team. But since the NC State game, this is our biggest opponent. So, uh, we should be locked in and ready to go.
2: And that defensive coordinator that uh, Kyle is referencing is Brian Newberry. And yeah. we have comments from Coach Newberry on our YouTube channel. So, go check those out.
3: Yeah. No, no, guys, you know, you were, think- you were just talking about the spread. I'm thinking more of something like 31-21, something like that. So um, maybe a 31-17. So you would have to be like a 31-14 kind of game. And I don't know, that's uh, for me, um, 17 points. I don't know. That's, I'm just trying to get in my head, wrap that, wrap that around my head about the 17 point spread. We we could, we could do it. If particularly,
1: here's how we could do it. If, if we're able to move the ball on them as easily this year as we were last year and we go up and every time we touch them, every position we get, basically we score. And, and, you know, if we can get, let's say each team gets, you know, what would you say, Bubba, nine possessions, 10 possessions? It gets eight made? To 10, it's like eight to 10, right? Bubba? Yeah. So let's see, each team gets nine possessions. If we score out eight out of nine possessions and they only score out of, on, you know, five or six possessions, there you go. So, I mean, it, it, yeah. it can be done. Um,
2: that was the crazy thing. Last year's game, it was a tale of two halves. And that first half last year, that may have, in fact, happened where, you know, I think the Pirates scored on four possessions, three touchdowns and a field goal. And then Navy scored on all three of its possessions, or, or three out of four, um, because it was 24-21 at halftime and nobody had stopped anybody. <laughs>
1: yeah. There was something early in that game where Navy – I had a miscue on special team for a week.
2: I can't remember what Yeah, I, I know what you're I, – I don't well, recall we exactly either, but I, I remember what you're referencing.
1: We could have really put some distance between us and them early. That, uh, if we get that opportunity this year, we, we better take advantage of it. We also yeah, had the time,
2: think... sorry, Matt. The, just very quickly, what I was about to chime in with was in the second half, I think it was, we had, we had the uh, – I want to say first and goal situation where, where we got stuffed and didn't get any points.
1: Yeah, and and last year we we gave up some. That's something. And that's something needs to be bring up now. And Matt, and I'll shut up and you can talk. Um, not only last year, but even more than years past, we give up explosion plays to Navy. No explosion plays. Make them, you know, make them earn it. And in yeah. a way, in, in a way, it's a it's killing yourself slowly. Sometimes if they get it in the end zone. Because then you, they've driven it all the way down the field. They did. They wanted to the eight o'clock, and they got it in the end zone. But make them earn it. Hold them to field goals. You know, if you if they get on those long drives, do not do not give up the big play. But you can't let those long drives ends and end in touchdowns. You got to hold them to field goal attempts if if you can't get them off the field and make them punt.
4: Yeah, and 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 like we talked about the other day, guys. What they're going to try to do well, what they do against everybody is they try to low you to sleep with the ground game, right? They, they want your safeties to cheat up, and then they want to go play action over the top. And they're going to try that at least two or three times a game. And we, we can't give that up this year. We can't give up to, you know, the deep ball uh, on that because they're only going to attempt probably seven or eight passes in the entire game. But, you know, looking back to last year, guys, I think the biggest difference between this year's team and last year, I think we're – we are far superior at wide receiver. Um, yeah. You know, no disrespect to Amoto Show. I mean, he was a good receiver, but I feel like with the addition oh. of Winstead, um, Audi Amoto Show from last year.
1: Oh, Audi Emoto Okay. Emoto Show. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. It's a tough name. That's a tough name for me.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I feel like we're far superior at receiver this year with the additions of Winstead, Johnson, and now with CJ in the slot, um, we have a major size advantage. So, I, honestly, I would test them on the outside. If they're going to play man coverage, I'm going to take my shot at a, a ton of fades.
1: know, hey, uh, Yeah, I, I agree with that. I also could see the tight ends um, having big days uh, against the Middies this week.
3: Hey, guys, I was getting ready to say with uh, – <clears throat> we played three games. I think for this game – and maybe you guys say I'm stating the obvious, but I think they're, they've saved a lot of plays – and maybe some we haven't really seen, have we? Off the top of my head, I don't remember any trick plays so far in the season, have we? Uh, we tried. Am I out of my mind,
1: or did we try to run a reverse against Campbell last week that didn't work? Yeah, we tried to reverse to with um. Okay. With uh, with uh, what's Horrible. his name? The, the damn receiver, the the little receiver that just Hatfield. Came yeah, Hatfield. We tried to reverse with Hatfield that just was not done well at all. Uh, but that's the only trick play. Um, uh, what we got to do, one thing that we have not done well at all is, I mean, in my opinion is get the ball in the hands of um, Jones, our tight end. Um, Ryan Jones. Yeah, Ryan Jones. Uh, arguably the best athlete on the team. We got to get the ball in his hands more.
3: Yeah, he he's the one and guys, last week we had this is this is one stat that says a lot about Mike Houston, um, and we've given Donnie know at times a hard time with the uh, play calling. But last week we had not one, not two, but we had ten different people catch catch the ball, and and so for me, that instead of having just C.J. Johnson catch the ball or Sneed catch the ball or a few years ago Prol catch the ball, we've got multiple weapons. I think when you have a home run hitter like Keaton Mitchell, Rajay Harris, and and you know one of my favorites, Kyle, you're the running back guy on the on the show. I'm a huge fan of Marlon Gunn Jr. Oh my goodness, like that guy is extremely special. And um, to think about the future is bright is an understatement in the running back room, don't you think, guys? Yeah, I do. And
1: um, speaking of this, story, I, I, I'll uh, I'll make a prediction this week. Uh, it's good to say we've been against the run. Um, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say this is going to be Harris's best game so far this year. Uh, I just got a feeling his his physical running style and uh, if we give him a chance to get lathered up a little bit as I like to say, he's the guy that needs to get lathered up and I know Keaton's the primary back as well as he as well he should be. but uh, I can see Harris um, his running style inside being very effective against Navy.
3: Guys, how about uh, Keaton Mitchell having 189 yards? Everybody can say it's Campbell, but my goodness, uh, the
1: bigger, the bigger thing was 14 points per carry. Good God. Yeah. Or 14 yards per carry. Yeah.
4: yeah. When, I'll tell you, it's your, to your point
1: though, Dave, I mean, when
4: he, when he sees daylight, yeah. he hits the hole and my God, I mean, he, he gets North as they say. And, uh, I just love the way he hits the hole. There's, so yeah. when he sees an opening, there's no dancing; it's it's just pure explosion through the hole, and he's gone. Uh, it's it fun like, to watch.
3: Yeah, sorry, Matt. I was just going to add to that. Doesn't it look got like guys. He's shot out of a cannon. I mean, what is this? Is he maybe Bubba knows? Um, but doesn't he? He's got to have like a four What is his time on a forty? My God, it has to be something like that. Yeah, he's fast. I, I would think it's at least 4-3,
4: honestly. He, he 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 plays. There are some guys that run 4-3 on a track, but it doesn't show on a football field. Right. He looks like a 4-3 guy on a football
3: field. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing that the I think with uh, now, one of the things, guys, I was going to mention too this year that I'm really happy about is you always hear our fans, and rightfully so, we don't have a running game, we don't have a running game, we don't have a running game. You need it. You need a running game. We have the running game now. Um, and I think that before we were so one dimensional, just so past happy, I guess, because we were getting behind so much and we didn't have a choice. But, yeah,
1: going back to the Montgomery days.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, we're going back there even beyond. I mean, really, um we haven't we haven't had a running game in a good number of years. Well, we did last year. I know, but I'm saying I'm saying before that you'd have to go back to what 2014. Uh,
1: twenty twenty. we've really had a running game pretty much every year that, that I know, but i have that. been here since nineteen.
3: I understand that. I understand that. But I'm just saying that each year is getting better and better. To oh where yeah, absolutely. Yeah
1: this this year this year is our best running game. I mean, I, I since Cooper was here.
4: Well. You know, th- what I like about this team is we-, we really like I know Mike Houston always talks about balance in the offense. He's, he's striving for balance. So we've been pretty balanced so far. We've done a good job mixing it up, um, keeping people off balance with with, you know, the pass and the run. So uh, but but I think a big part of it, a big part of it is we've just been wearing
3: people down in the second half yeah. and, uh, and taking over. Yeah, guys, one point I want to mention that I want to throw to you guys is a good team finds what you're good at and they use that against you. I really, I, I just have a feeling with uh, the dominance we've had with the time of possession that's so important to Navy. How great would it be to have those long, sustainable drives that Navy does on you normally? We do that to them, and you have guys like. Mitchell and Harris that could just, uh, light it up and maybe even throw in a, um, give some guns, some more touches this week.
1: Uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I I think we're going to hit a lot of explosion plays. I really don't care how we score as long as we score. Yeah. I mean, I, as
4: long as we score, um, no doubt about it. We can't turn the ball over. That's the one thing we can't do. We cannot turn the ball over. Um, and I'll say this guys, not to not to change topic, but if we win the toss, I want the ball. I want to try to get a lead in this yeah. game and, and and make Navy play from behind. But turnovers are absolutely killer against them because you have limited possessions. To your point, Kyle, limited possessions to begin with. And then if you turn the ball over, yeah. you know, now you're just putting yourself behind
1: the eight ball. That was always Logan's philosophy when we we played army. He always wanted the ball first. Normally he would take like most coaches defer to the second half, but he, uh, whenever we would play army, if he, if we won the toss, he would take the ball first. I, um, I can see either strategy because, you know, there's something to be said also about getting coming out of the locker room and maybe you're in a position to put them away. So I, you know, either way it, whatever coach prefers, we win the There's, there's also something to be said, Matt, (laughs) If that defense could come out and uh, force them to a punt on that first drive to establish things, you know there's something to be said for that too. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if
4: hey, if you can go out, if you're confident in your de- if you're confident in your defense to get a stop, then you flip the field early. And to your point, you get the ball in the second half. So um, I don't know. My my personal philosophy though is against an option style team. I want the ball. I want to try to make them play from behind and take them out of their, you know, their normal
1: game. Score first and then kick an onside kick and go ahead and get it. Try to go up by two touchdowns before just, the
3: uh, – Just the get it done. The <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, really, if if we were able to – maybe that's what uh, Vegas sees in the 17 points is that we have a really good first half where, you know, they. I said it the other night on the playback. We've got to get used to being – uh, the hunted We're we've been the hunters yeah. and a team like Navy. I think they're hunting us this year. I think we have the pressure of being um, the hunted and we'll see how we can handle that. And, and Hey, if we do have a little bit of adversity, this team, the yeah. thing about Houston's team, I like is how we fight back.
1: Yeah. There's two, two things to point out about you talking about the hunted hunter thing uh, about the top 25 vote. I figured out, and I think a lot of people did who voted for us to be in the top 25. Um, who was it? Na- Navy's SID tweeted out uh, Sunday that how we had received a vote in the top twenty-five, and how we, you know, had we beat NC State, we would be in the top twenty-five. Uh, the the list of coaches that voted in the top twenty-five um, was listed on uh, Hoist the Colors. Kenny Amatololo is voting this year, and if uh, if you guys may not realize this, most coaches actually do not do not vote in the in the top twenty-five. They they let their SID do it. So uh, I think there's your answer. Navy's SID uh, is is who gave us that one vote in the top twenty-five.
3: And that hey, that's fantastic. I mean, the fact that um, if we keep r- r- winning, like a lot of our fan base thinks we can, um, on a roll here for the next handful of weeks, we'll take it one at a time. Um, but I see ourselves really in the in the month of October. Uh, yeah. I don't know when it'll be. We'll be in the top twenty-five unless, yeah. obviously, we. Uh, we get, well, you know, if
1: we keep winning, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's a big if. But yeah, you're talking about uh, beating a Tulane team who, six who, uh, who, who just beat Kansas State, who, you know, uh, may be undefeated. I, I don't I have to look at their schedule before we play. I know they play Southern Miss this weekend, but they may be undefeated when we play them. Um, you got UCF and Memphis coming up in October. So, if we were to take care of business in all those games, yeah, potentially going into the BYU game, we could be ranked in the top 25. Um it was a big if. I mean, you take care of business against Navy first. And something else back to the top 25 thing from some of our fans that were like, oh, you know, rat poison or all oh, you anytime. The well, what do you want us to do? Just just suck forever and never get any votes in the top 25. I mean, that's what happens when you're winning. You you, you, you start getting votes in the top 25. And well, you know, God forbid we get in the top 25. I mean, I don't understand that logic. Oh, we don't need do, what what do you want us to do, suck?
3: I mean, I
1: it's the logic to me there is just mind-boggling.
3: Yeah, for the fact we haven't been in the uh, top 25 since November 2014. Yeah. Um so somewhere out there with that Temple game, but um it's been a long time. And but the good news is uh I, was I, actually, about- th- I
1: actually think we were still ranked after that Temple game. I think it wasn't until the Cincinnati game. OK, um, that we that we fell out.
3: All right. Well, the uh, the fact is it's been way too long and uh, definitely looking forward to uh, being in the top 25. And um, but when it's all said and done, what we want is a conference championship. Um, that's something that we've been wanting for uh, for a long, long time. And we haven't had it since we've been in the American since 2014. So it'll be a great uh Hey, by the way, guys, uh, a different kind of football. And I mentioned to this um, myself and Alan, Vick, our good friend, we had a chance to go over to, uh, to Greenville today and talk to the ECU women's soccer coach Gary Higgins. I wanted to throw that out, and we'll have that uh, for you guys. What a great guy! And I just want to give them a shout out um, for for him inviting us over and doing that. He's a great guy, and good luck to the ladies uh, coming up okay. on Thursday.
1: Night. Can we call him um, if you if you remember Magnum Pi, uh, Higgins off Magnum yeah. Pi, and uh, the, the what was the black guy's name on Magnum Pi? I can't think of his name. But oh, he, passed he, away. Yeah, uh, TC. TC yeah. used to always call um, Higgins Higgy Baby. So uh, as long as uh, as long as uh, the women's soccer program is continuing to win, I will refer to Coach Higgins unless he objects. It's Higgy Baby.
3: And by the way, guess what uh, college he just came from. Uh, uh, Lenore Ryan. Yep, and I mentioned that in the interview about him and Coach Houston um, coming from the same school. Not uh, I know that he went to Citadel and James Madison before coming, but yeah, that Lenore Ryan connection. But anyway, getting back to not soccer, uh, American football uh, with the Pirates, I was really, really pleased with the game. I, I feel like I wanted to ask, uh, hey, um, Matt, Bubba, and Kyle, do you guys feel like? Uh, I've heard pirates uh say over the last few years they don't feel like the team has a killer instinct. Are you starting to see now with the way we handle can Campbell and ODU and maybe with the way we stood up to NC State that we're starting to have a killer instinct?
4: Looks like it's it looks like
3: it's developing and
4: and you know, um what I like is that we're finishing teams on the ground, right? And and, and I think that's a good sign when you can just line up. And it sounds really cliche, but I've been on the opposite end of these. When when you're losing a game and somebody's running the ball down your throat, it's the worst feeling in the world. Um, so it's really not a cliche; it's the truth. Um, and I like how we're just, you know, late in the game, in the fourth quarter, we're just we're just more physical, and we're just pounding people on the ground. That's fun to see.
3: No doubt, especially guys with a uh, when. You... One of the teams that, you know, we were talking about the other night, um, USF, uh, th- those guys, we've got those. Com- that'll be uh, next week's game. Do you guys seeing, I know we got to get through Navy, but do you guys see any potential there where they can beat us? I mean, I just feel like that we have a good shot against them, too. No, we're unstoppable. They can't possibly beat us. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, of course they could beat us. I mean, it, you know, they they took the Gators down to the wire. You know, I I don't know. You know, it'll be interesting to see how good uh, South Florida is. I'm still, you know, they look like crap against BYU. Then they played in FCS. and they looked pretty good against Florida. Matt said you watched a lot of the game. and You thought that was more uh, Florida than it was USF. Um, uh, they played Louisville this week. Uh, we'll be favored on the road unless, you know, we all of a sudden look like crap against Navy this week. We should be favored on the road against uh, the Bulls next week. But, yeah, sure they could beat us. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, they're one of those teams. I just don't know what to make of them yet, honestly. And um, I do think they played a little bit above their heads last week, you know, against an in-state team. Um, I think, I think they played up, so I don't know what to make of them yet, but I, I just think we're, we're still at the position to answer your question, Dave. I, I think we're still at the position where if we don't come ready to play, anybody could beat us. I, I oh, really? really believe that. Yeah. Um, but I think we're good enough – on the flip side, we're good enough now where if we do come ready to play, we can overcome some mistakes that right. we couldn't two years ago. Like we might be able to overcome a turnover or, or you know, uh, some sort of a uh, mistake in special teams that we couldn't two years ago.
3: Yeah, and that, that's the thing about this Mike Houston team is that the fight in this team that I love, um, even though they have adversity – it's not like before we're like, okay, here we go. We're getting ready to, you know, here's where we lost the game. And another thing, guys, I want to mention, too, that I was thinking about in the Campbell game. Do you guys, It seems like in the past, even with Houston, early Houston era, if you will, first or second year, our guys seemed to lose focus. Was it the second quarter? It was one of those quarters It was like, oh, my God, if we could just fast forward through there. And it seems like now we're starting to see that instead of like the bright spots, if you will, for this team and program, if you will, the now there's more focus throughout the game. They're putting a complete game where before it was like a quarter here, some plays there. You can start to see greatness, but now they're really uh, they're really being, being well focused, well disciplined, unlike years past. There's experience, depth, and
1: culture. I mean. Uh, you, you saw some of that against ODU, where we lost focus, particularly in the secondary. But uh, overall, um, we—I'm uh, with you. We, we, we tend to play all four quarters. We get better as the game goes along. Um, you, you know, we, we certainly are more talented. and got more depth than Navy. Uh, you, you're not going to be any better conditioned than Navy. So, if, you know, I don't know that we'll wear them down by the fourth quarter in terms of conditioning. But uh, we are certainly more, got more depth and more talent. And, uh, no, I think this team has certainly showed a lot of focus this year that we uh, that we have goals and aspirations bigger than just um, than just getting up to a bowl game. And, if you know, if the goal is to win a conference championship, then this this is the biggest game of the year to date. This is even bigger than the NC State game. Right. If it's truly really the goal to win a conference championship, this is the beginning of conference play. So uh, – Go, go start off with the conference 1-0. I mean, then, you know, it, it, our fate is in our hands starting this week far as conference championship goes. You start off, you go 1-0 and each week in conference, you know, come the end of the year, you finish first or second in the league and you're playing for the conference championship, which in this league gives you an opportunity uh, most likely to go to a New Year's Six Bowl, which is something you don't even want to start thinking about at this point because it's a long way off. But, uh the midshipmen are the first up for our uh chance to make it to a conference
3: championship and hey Bubba, i was going to point out to you i want to pitch it to you real fast with uh <clears throat> the fact i need to check with uh, coleman spain i'll call him um tomorrow i'm trying to find out how many tickets have been sold but um we need to get people there i mean my gosh this is navy and guys Look at all these uh, these night games. I'm I'm in love with the fact of these times, uh, these six o'clock games. I know some people probably don't like them. I love them. Uh, more chances to tailgate. The students are uh, have been coming out in big numbers. And by the way, I need to give a shout out to the crowd. The crowd was has been so loud. And by the way, guys, we're averaging over forty three thousand per game for the first three games. I would see that in the ODU. I obviously saw, you know, that we were going to have a sellout for the NC State game. But the Campbell game last week, I did not see that we would have that many people. You know, you're always hopeful. Um, but we've. I think it was uh, 43,034 people or something like that, just a shade over 43,000. So my hat's off to the crowd, not only the size of the crowd, but also – how they're into the game. And, man, it is really loud. It it reminds me of the good old days of Dowdy Ficklin. Rowdy Dowdy.
4: It looked great on TV last week. I I was very impressed with the the turnout against Campbell. I thought it was going to be one of those games where we would sell a a good amount of tickets, but we wouldn't really show up for it in full force. But, man, it looked great on TV and uh, pretty
1: awesome turnout. Well, historically, family weekend draws really well in Greenville for whatever reason. So, and last weekend was family weekend. So, that helped. And I think a lot of people had to miss that ODU game because of weather. And I made up for it last weekend. And hopefully, we'll have over
3: 40K again for Navy. Matt, are you having a big party at your house uh, on and having ESPN Plus on the big screen?
4: So, you guys will probably get a kick out of this. But when the Pirates play, I, I like total solitude. I don't want people around me. Um, I can't really? do parties. Yeah, I, 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 I like to really get into the game. I'm not fun to watch a game with, to be honest, because I, I get, I get very uh, annoyed at things. I, I, you know, I curse a lot. I, it's,
3: it's not pleasant. So <laughs> we're in your group. we your you group text with you. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm the same way, Matt. If, if I'm if I'm not at the game, um, I Jessica can be in the room with me. She knows to leave me alone um but besides that I, i'm not interested in being in a big crowd for game um if, if i'm not at the game
3: i agree with you guys on that like i what makes me angry is when you go to a ball game and like you're at dowdy ficklin and you have i have four seats and so i have four seats and i'm like going and all of a sudden you're gonna put like these pirate fans have sold their tickets online and we have the most obnoxious fan from fill in the blank. What university and guess where they're sitting near me. And I'm like, when I'm paying my heart on money, I don't want to hear you. And I know that they are, they have every right to cheer for whoever they want to. I'm not saying that, but it's just my luck that it has to be in my section near me in a pirate club section Um, to have that, you know, going where they're so obnoxious with Um, you name it. It's just, uh, that's very frustrating to me. Now, if I'm say it's a national championship game and I've been to viewing parties, the super bowl, um, it doesn't matter to me. I can be in big crowds, but I agree with you. 1000% guys on that. I don't like to be in a safe here in a bar and half the people or a good portion of the people pulling for one team against your team. No, I hate it. Yeah. I, uh,
1: we'll get into details here, but, uh, Back uh, and Coach Houston's oh, first, back Coach Houston's first year when we uh almost beat Cincinnati. I, I almost got in a fight with a Cincinnati fan that was just a disrespectful little twat. And uh, he uh, <laughs> uh it was uh you know, it about went to blows. Now, you know what I'm dealing with now in my life or all some things aren't as important as they seem at the time. So it probably wouldn't happen today. But uh and then again it might. Um I uh I'm pretty on edge here these days. So I'm pretty on pretty on edge here these days. So, um, but uh, he he
3: beat uh, Cincinnati.
1: He uh, yeah, well that's not quite the same thing. But uh, it, it was the, that 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 guy was. You know, it's one thing to cheer for your team. That's great, but to be disrespectful when you're in somebody else's house around a bunch of other people. Uh, you know, just like you, you don't come in my house. It's like coming to my house and being disrespectful to me. It's the same thing. You're you're in our stadium and you're you're not cheering for your team. You're sitting in in our section, being blatantly disrespectful. Uh, I I couldn't handle that for so long before I said something to the guy. He said something back and it turned into name calling. Security came and you know it, it, it ended up you know being much to do about nothing. Uh, but uh, it, and sometimes opposing fans, you know, when they when they want to do more than cheer for their own team when they want to be disrespectful. I guess be a bit much, but, uh, Hey, speaking of, uh, speaking of crowds and all that, and I know we have, uh, some, uh, some interview with Pete Medhurst we're going to get to here soon, but, um, uh, I plan on being there this Saturday, guys. This will be my first game of the year. I had to miss the first three. Are you going to uh, come to with me? Uh, you know, I don't know, Dave, i you know, it's, it's going to just depend, um, I need to get with you about our media parking pass, uh, you know, but I, I, uh, this this will be my first game um of the year because didn't come to the first three because you know dealing with the colon cancer and I'm still dealing with that chemo is coming up but uh, I'm gonna have limited opportunity and this is one of those opportunities to go to a game before treatment um so looking forward to being out there Saturday and uh, seeing the uh, the Pirates uh, beat the Midshipmen so uh, win hey, one for the Kyler
3: there you go hey guys I have a question and Matt you can help me out on this. Bonco Roger, uh, when he was coaching the Giants, he told me there was Roger two places-
1: Craig is who he's referring to. Anybody yeah. who's sorry, sure.
3: Roger Craig from Major League Baseball. I'm not a name dropper other than he told me there was two places he told me never to come to a ball game. Um, and that was obviously Philly with the Philadelphia Phillies. And the other one, Matt, I want to get your opinion, Matt. Help me out on this. I know you're a Yankees fan, but what about um, the old Shea Stadium? He told me never come to um, to a Mets game. Mets fans are very passionate. <laughs> Mets fans are really passionate. I, I I've been to a lot
4: of games at Shea, like the old Shea Stadium. Yeah, it was definitely a great atmosphere. Like especially around that time in '86 when they had guys like Strawberry, Strawberry, and Doc Gooden, um, Lenny Dykstra. I mean, that was a, that was a pretty awesome time. Like those guys would were were, were cranking out wins and and. Doing cocaine by, uh you know, God knows, twenty four hours a day. That, cocaine that
1: the, and hookers, baby. That was the eighty six Mets. Gary Carter? Carter.
4: What's that?
3: Gary Carter, the kid. Yeah, Get- Gary Carter, the, the second. I mean, the uh, catcher. Yeah, through the kid. Gary, Gary Carter. Yeah. 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 Gary
4: Carter, Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez uh, yeah. uh,
3: well,
4: I'll tell you, it's, um, that was that was a crazy environment. Um, you know, Philly. I I had an experience where. Um, our our friend, you know, a great pirate Dwayne Ledford, when he was playing for the Forty Niners, um, uh, he got me tickets. Me and my nice wife went man. down oh, into man. Philly, went down into Philly to watch the game, and uh, out of pure support, I don't know what I was thinking. I had a, I put on a Niners shirt, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, because I had to support my 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 teammate there. And uh, let's just, let's just say it was a big mistake. Let's leave it at that.
3: It didn't go well. Kyle, what is your, where is your have you uh where have you experienced really bad fans? Is it a college football game? Any kind of major leagues? What about you, my friend?
1: Uh, you know, honestly, uh, I haven't been to a lot of road games. Um worst experiences, you know, is I've had Dowdy Ficklin with opposing fans. I had a bad experience as a Cincinnati fan. And then once I had a bad experience with a Marshall fan, uh, which is a comical story, I'll tell you guys off the air. Uh, which I probably told you in the past, but um, pretty funny story. Um, but I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'll have to think. Uh, I, well, actually, a wrestling match one time. Um, uh, back when ECW was around, the really oh, ECW yes. Extreme Championship Wrestling was an ECW show. One of the few times they came down south. Uh, that's a Philadelphia They were a Philadelphia based wrestling promotion, uh, Matt, and um, uh, so I went to one of their shows in in Raleigh. Uh, they were doing a The Ritz, Dave. You know the Ritz and Raleigh? Oh, yeah. They had wrestling. They had ECW wrestling there, and it was sold out. Oh, um, wow. I never knew that. Yeah, it was sold out. And um, I had third row. And um, these idiots in the first two rows decided they were going to stand on their seats. And um, I have no idea why. And uh, so we had to stand on our seats in the third row so we could see over these idiots in the first two rows. And security should have made them get down. But it's neither here nor there. So this asshole right in front of me starts to hang on to the rafters. I guess he's getting he, he didn't have good balance or something. Uh, I don't know. He starts hanging on to the rafters in front of me. And um, yeah. I was like, hey, man, can you put your arms down? I can't see. And he's like, he looks at me and says, nah. And I said, dude, I can't see. You got your arms up. You know, there's no actually. He just blew me up again. I said, all right, dude. He you put your arms down, I'm going to kick the fucking chair out from underneath you. And uh, he put his arms down. And forgive the language. But, um. <laughs> So I uh, you know, that uh that that's probably the worst fan experience I've ever had. I that you know, I put that on security more than anybody.
3: Hey, hey Matt, we need to have a uh one of my favorite movies of all time is Roadhouse. Let's have Kyle in uh Roadhouse too. Let's make a sequel to Roadhouse.
1: They are re they they are there already is a Roadhouse Two. It came out years ago, it's horrible. And uh they are remaking the original Roadhouse. They are? Yeah, they are. And uh I forgot who's playing Dalton, but uh, I have no interest in seeing it. Um but yeah there was It's, a sequel. it's
4: the UC, it's the uh UCF fighter. Um UFC, UFC fighter. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of UCF Knights. Uh <laughs> it's uh the guy who fought Mayweather. The guy who fought Floyd Mayweather. I can't think oh, of his name. Um, are you serious? I'm drawing a blank you on remember? the name. I can't believe it. Who? Conor McGregor? Conor McGregor. He's he is he is and, the that's lead. who's playing
1: Dalton. Okay, well that might not be so bad then. Yeah, okay, maybe not. Maybe Yeah, true. yeah, that might not be so bad. But there there is a straight to video sequel that came out in the mid nineties where uh mid to late maybe late nineties. Um, because it's the son of uh, Dalton and uh he's avenging his death. And so it would it would have had to have been late nineties, early two thousands, or otherwise it wouldn't have made sense. But yeah, Roadhouse Two was a straight to D V D movie, I think around two thousand.
3: <laughs> And, That's uh, why I didn't know anything about it. I love. Yeah,
1: and, and, but if if you're right, Matt, that the Conor McGregor is gonna gonna be playing the role of uh, of Dalton Patrick Swayze's character from the original Roadhouse, um, that could be interesting. Um, I, uh, I I'm a huge fan of the original movie. Who, who's going to play the Wade Garrett character? You yeah, know, I can see. To me, I, I can almost see Conor McGregor doing better in that role as playing the Wade Garrett character.
4: Well. You could you could give uh, that's a great I mean that's the best character in the movie in my opinion.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I maybe.
4: love Wade. Wade Garrett was great. The double douche,
1: the double uh, douche.
4: But but you know what the thing is, you know, he's still Sam Elliott's still going. I mean, yeah, 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 you
1: could you could. I mean, he's he's a little old now to be uh He was dead though, wasn't he?
4: But maybe you bring him in but for a cameo. Sam Elliott's not really
1: dead. Maybe, maybe he, you know, he, no, he's he not uh dead yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. They did kill him, but, but it's a remake. It's a remake, uh, Dave. So it doesn't matter. It's oh, okay. That's what you mean. A yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, but yeah, they did kill him in the uh, in, in the original movie. Um, you're right, uh, Matt. They they could bring him in for some sort of cameo. Um, uh, I you know I don't think you could have him play the Wade Garrett character. But uh, anyway, how did we get off on this tangent? Sorry. Uh, I was, I
3: was... <laughs> I said it, I said you should be in Roadhouse too because I know how much you, you and I. That was one of the ways we, were talking about movies. That was one of the first movies we uh, were talking about movies that we really liked, and um, I'm a huge, huge fan of that movie. But anyway, well, you know what? I am legally blind. I can play Jeff Healy's character. I was going to ask about not about you with that, but I was going to ask about who's going to as far as that soundtrack. And I love Jeff. Oh, Healy. they're not going to match that. They're not going to match uh, the soundtrack. Yeah, that's. Good luck, yeah, but anyway, uh, guys, I know Bubba, are you ready for the uh, for for part of that Pete Medhurst interview or a clip of that?
2: Yeah, we'll go ahead and go to that interview with Pete Medhurst, the play by play voice of the Navy midshipman. Um, to begin with, and we just simply talked about Navy's 0 2 start of the season and uh, his thoughts there as well as you know, some of the things that Coach Ken Montalolo and staff were seeking to get accomplished during the open week. And let's go to that um, right now. Right now on the Pirate Preview, very excited to be joined by the play-by-play voice of the Navy midshipman, Pete Medhurst. Pete, welcome back to the show.
0: Bob, always good to be with you, pal.
2: Absolutely. You know, um, it seems like every time these two programs get together and Navy's coming off an open date, so, you know, if you would, very quickly – Tell us about the first two games of the season, and I know we'll dive deeper into that, uh, but then also what Coach Ken and his staff were able to, uh, you know, get accomplished during the open date.
0: You know, I think sometimes early bye weeks are frowned upon. You like to have them somewhere midway in the fray. I mean, we're going to play nine straight games after this. But, you know, I think we needed it. I think we needed it to get back to basics, as Coach talked about, this week and reinstill some confidence offensively. Because they're playing with all the guys that they thought they were going to play with. It's not as if you know we've suffered a rash of injuries. They're playing with good football, but and fall along, and you cannot turn the football over. We get a guy busts a big hard yard run and fumbles at the end of the run and gives it back to Delaware in that game when we're going in in plus territory. You know, the first play of the game we fumbled deep in our own territory and. Our margin for error against anybody, whether it's Delaware or Alabama, is the same. And unfortunately, you know, we just haven't played to the standard that our guys have built, you know, with 105 wins under Ken Neimanalolo. But if there's any coach and staff that I trust to get it fixed and get it right, it's this coaching staff because they've won so many games. They know what it takes to be successful. But let's face it. The league that we play in and the teams that we play, as you well know, these are good clubs. And if you make any mistakes at all, they're all good enough to make you pay for them. And certainly that was the case against Memphis, where we're going in for a go ahead score in the first half. We committed turnover, they score at the end of the half. And then in the second half, they hit some big plays against us. And, you know, score got out of hand a little bit more than it was representative of what the game was. But, you know, again, you got to play 60 minutes. I mean, everybody watched App State this week. That cliche holds true, man. You got to play 60 minutes or you're going to lose football games. It's that simple.
2: Navy returns a veteran quarterback in a tie, Levitai, excuse me, lava tie. And, you know, he was someone who was quarterback a season ago. And it's the first time in um, quite some time, I guess, since Malcolm Perry, that the middies do return a quarterback and they've had some issues there uh, under center. Um, but now they seek that stellar play that they got from the likes of Keenan Reynolds and Malcolm Perry from Ty Lavatai And I asked Pete about Ty as well as the development of the ECU program under head coach Mike Houston.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, and you know, it's one of those things Bubba, where it's not a one man issue. It's, it's a unit issue. It's a unit wide issue. So if it was, if it was one person that was bogging things down, coach could make a personnel move and and maybe change the fortunes. But it, it's been the entire group. Um, they've all talked about it. Kip Franklin, the captain, has talked about it. They simply have to play better. They know that. They don't need the coaches to, you know, hammer them for, you know, 14 days telling them you got to be better. They know they've got to be better. We've got a young football team for the most part. That's the thing. A lot of them in terms of game experience are still – Trying to feel out what that standard is. But I think eventually we're going to get it together. The problem is, you look at our next couple opponents, both on the road, starting with East Carolina this week. Had a great conversation with Coach Houston this morning. You know that they're going to, they, they sense there's an opportunity in the American Athletic Conference. This league is wide open this year, and every game is important. And we know they're going to be ready for us, where I think that times in the past, this program wasn't ready for us. And I think they're much more prepared for Navy um, than maybe at any time uh, in recent memory when these two teams have gotten together. The win in Annapolis last year certainly had to give them some confidence, even though Navy moved the ball a little bit. But I thought that was a I thought that was a huge game for the ECU program and talk about that with Coach Houston this morning. You know they get stopped. There's a fourth down in that game in the second half. Their entire bench Bubba, gets up. I mean, everybody on the sideline got up off the bench, went over, and stood together. And Navy stopped them. And you're thinking, okay, that's the stop that you need. And that's usually where East Carolina goes, man, darn it, we're this close. And again, we didn't make the big play. But Holt nailer's just wouldn't let them lose. He wouldn't let them lose. And that's the that's the difference. When you have a leader with 45 games under his belt right now, you have to be perfect against them, or they're going to find a way. And that East Carolina group, I thought, took a huge step forward uh, in terms of a winning culture, winning that game the way they did in Annapolis last year. And you're starting to see the fruits of that labor. I mean, let's face it; they should have beaten NC State. Owen Dapper is going to go make a bunch of kicks this year, and it's going to be it. It was puzzling to all of us watching. Because you know the young man can kick the football. He's going to win games for East Carolina as this year goes along. So th- th- this is an East Carolina team right now that can play, yeah, that with, can anybody. play with anybody.
2: Pete went on to talk about uh, you know the development of the East Carolina program under Mike Houston, how that physical style of play and the um, improved depth that Coach Houston and staff have assembled over the last few seasons in Greenville uh, will certainly – make this pirate team much more equipped to take on the Navy flex bone attack than those teams uh, of years past.
0: The thing about it is now, you know, at times in the past, East Carolina was not equipped to play 60 minutes against a team like Navy. Now East Carolina is equipped, and I, I've told you all through the years, you knew Mike was going to get players in there, and all you had to do was go back and look at his games at James Madison. Look at the players he was getting there. Those James Madison teams – could have played with a lot of teams in the American. That's why James Madison has hit the ground running in the Sun Belt and been a problem already uh, for those teams. So, you know, you knew Mike was going to be able to find good football players, and that's a great environment there. I mean, East Carolina is a couple hundred people away from being tops in attendance already in the early part of the season. So the fans recognize it. They know that the product there is – Back on track, what they're used to, and as we know, it's as supportive a fan base as there exists in college athletics. So it, it makes for a great atmosphere, and you know the Mids are certainly going to be challenged by that uh, coming up on Saturday. The one thing I will say though is anybody that looks at this Navy team right now and says, "Well, dag on, they're down," and underestimates them. Um, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. And I know Mike is going to make sure that his kids are ultimately focused in this game. And I expect it to be a great game coming up on Saturday.
2: Those are some of the thoughts um, of Pete Medhurst. And we'll have a few more headed your way here in just a moment as Pete and I talked about the Navy defense as well as the
3: midshipmen special teams. You know, with, uh, Pete was one of the first that I remember that bragged about um, Mike Houston. He said it's definitely going get done. Rennie Angolia uh, was another member of the national media who was uh, big on Mike Houston. Of course, David Glenn is the reason why our good friend DG on the David Glenn Show, the North Carolina based Show, um, back in the day when he had Coach Houston on several years ago when he was at Lenore Ryan for the Division II Championship. And I'll never forget that as long as I live, um, listening to Coach Houston on that show, I became a fan. And I hate, uh, DG probably could tell me, and I'd have to look at the, when they, I guess I could look at that and find out when that happened with that uh, championship. I, it was it 2015, uh, 13, 15, somewhere around there. I was working in radio in Raleigh at the time and listening to Coach Houston. I was in the studio, as a matter of fact. Um, when that interview was going on, uh, where David Glenn was, um, the pro- I was in the producer, Studio A, if you will, with producer Hayes Permar at the time. But anyway, um, Coach Houston's been such a great asset for that. And um, But uh, Pete was one of the first that I remember very well. Um, DG, Pete, and obviously Renny, um, three friends of the program. But all three of them are different different walks of life. But all three of them said, hey, Mike Houston could get it done. And boy, is he ever. And um, to have a win over Navy is huge. But boy, if we could have a second win over Navy, especially in Greenville, especially in Greenville. Uh, I wanted to say Bubba uh, to Bubba would always say uh, to get your tickets, go to one 800 dial ecu ecupirates.com. We need to fill that stadium. We need to have it rocking. I'm telling you guys, we need to have it where... That place is loud, emotional, Um, the pirate pride, the tailgating, get out there at 1 o'clock. Let's be really loud and amped up, ready to go. I'm just really excited about this game, and I think that as you're nervous about the game, knowing what Navy can do, you also have a sense of pride and confidence. Uh, This team has a lot of grit. Um, Their swagger. Like I was saying, you start to feel – now, that's not quite there, but a killer instinct that we've been needing for a long, long time. And I hope that remains the case uh, for Navy against Navy uh, this coming Saturday at six o'clock. Weather's going to be absolutely gorgeous. The high on Saturday is supposed to be around 77. The lows down into the, I think, the high 40s. Um, so somewhere around 48, I think. Uh, but anyway, it's going to be fantastic football weather. Um, By the way, you may want to take a hoodie with you, not to be the meteorologist um, as a fly is on my forehead there. Um, But anyway, Bubba, I know that's going to be a great, great atmosphere. We're averaging, again, as I was saying earlier, over 43,000 people. And it's going to be electric. And a military appreciation day and a night game. I mean, what more can you ask for? We've had three out of the four games at home have been six o'clock games. They've been night games. I just love night games. I always have since I was a teenager, and um, actually the early days of college when I was there. And the night games were just so cool, don't you think, Bubba?
2: Oh yeah, a lot of excitement uh, amongst Pirate Nation for the flyover,
3: no doubt. And you, you're one that I stole your thunder. Sorry if you don't mind, but while we were have a little bit of break in the act- action uh, to get people there, and uh, it's going to be. Electric the atmosphere, I just have a good feeling about our crowd, don't you, Bubba?
2: Sure, I mean, I, after the crowd we saw for Campbell, yeah pleasantly surprised. I mean I thought we'd have a solid crowd, but um, you know the forty three thousand plus it was I'd say the butts in the seats were very close to the announced number on um, the the lower bowl was um, very full. And then the um, in the upper deck had an excellent uh, crowd as well. So I mean, you really look at it. I mean, that was outside of the NC State game. That was our top crowd, I guess, since 2016. So, yeah, look, it's three thousand more uh, for for Campbell than we had for South Carolina, which is impressive.
3: Yeah, it's because we're winning. I mean, everybody wants a winner, and uh, here we are winning and. In- Uh, You look at with the Pirates, with them, with all that's uh, happened with our fan base. I'm just happy the number of uh, tailgaters I'm seeing now uh, for Campbell. I I had heard some people, and I won't mention any names. I'm not going to call them out. But they had said, well, Dave, it's Campbell. And I'm like, I don't care who it is. We need to go there and support our team and the program. Look at Mike Houston, all that he's done. And that's exactly how... um, we needed it to be and I'm gr- grateful that I was wrong I was thinking about maybe uh 37,000 something like that maybe 38 I wasn't supposed to be a bad crowd um but to have 43,000 people there um is a great great number like Bubba said sometimes we know they pad the numbers but this time um it was really close to that if you if you know how that works uh the bottom those uh, the lower bowls are 35,000 You've got uh, you can count what is it, Bubba? How many can you put in the boneyard? I forgot.
2: You know, you, you think about it. I mean, it's essentially seven thousand. Essentially seven thousand because the stadium was forty three thousand, right. and then you added the boneyard to get to fifty. Seven. But um, Robert Dedrick chimes in on YouTube saying, "Reclaim the American attendance record, making an impression on the P five leagues while UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston are exiting," and. Right now, UCF and, and East Carolina are neck and neck, uh, right there, uh, averaging right around 44,000. I don't have the exact numbers in yeah. front of me. But, I mean, we're within a couple hundred or so of one another uh, with, with uh, obviously, for the Pirates, four home games remaining, uh, beginning with Navy. And then you also have uh, Memphis, UCF. And then also uh, Houston. So some tremendous home games left in, in league play.
3: No doubt. There's no reason why. And I'll tell you one thing. <clears throat> Bubba, how cool would it be um, that in November we're fighting for a conference championship? That's going to be fantastic. I can totally see that happening. I would have never told you that three, four, six years ago. Uh, but I can say that now. And um I look forward to that that day that we're fighting again for – we're at least in the hunt now, um, but really, really uh, fighting for a conference championship. And, Bubba, I know that um, you did an outstanding job with Pete Methurst today, and you have some more clips. I'll pitch it to you.
2: Yeah, and um, Coach Ken Matololo met with the media on Monday, and, you know, one of the things that Coach Ken said um, was just uh, – when asked about the most consistent aspect of his football team to date – Uh, He really thought it was the defensive line and specifically the linebacker play. And uh, let's hear what Pete Medhurst had to say uh, regarding the the Navy defense. And let's go to those thoughts right now.
0: But those teams, as much as as entertaining as they were at times, they weren't equipped, I think, with enough of the toughness factor. You look at this, this East Carolina team, Bubba, they've got that toughness factor. And you need that in the American. I mean, look at Tulane. Tulane going to Kansas State and winning uh, this past week. You're going to need a toughness gene to win a lot of these close games in this league this year. And that's the one element I think that was missing for a little while from a depth standpoint. They had some dudes, but they didn't have enough dudes. Now they got dudes. And that's why – This group, I think, is going to be right there until the end of November uh, with a chance to win uh, this American Athletic Conference championship. But like all other teams, because the American is so tough and it's so good, if you have an off quarter, I mean, you can have – you have a couple of series where you don't play your best on either offense or defense, that can be the difference between winning and losing in the American this year. And that's what I think is so exciting about the league is – that everybody, every Saturday, for the most part, has a chance uh, to win to win a football game. And I think in cases like the environment at East Carolina, I think that's going to play a huge factor in some of these games through the course of the year because the atmosphere is intimidating to play in, especially when ECU is a winning club like they are now. That environment was very supportive when they weren't winning. That place is going to be off the chain now. Um, that they are a winning team again, and people know they have a chance uh, to be a factor in the American Athletic Conference. But I know our kids won't be intimidated. Our kids are going to line it up on Saturday. And, you know, our defense has really played really well the first two games. Our front seven's been terrific. It's a matter for Navy right now playing complementary football. They need both, you know, offense and defense, and then you add special teams in there. They need all three of those units to be great and – if you're not in any way, shape, or form in the American grade in either one of those uh, areas, it's probably the difference between winning and losing this season.
2: And in that clip, you know, he referenced the front seven, and, and he'll elaborate more on that in a moment. He was more uh, talking about the the challenging nature of the American Athletic Conference and just how, you know uh, anybody can beat anybody on any given Saturday, uh, but now let's go to the the clip where he dives um, deeper into the Navy defense and specifically the front.
0: Brian's one of the great defensive, the minds, great defensive minds. minds in college football. Um, I, I think Brian is a guy that, if the, given the opportunity, could probably go be a DC uh, in the National Football League at some point. I just love I love his creativity. I love the stuff that he comes up with. Keep in mind, he's not dealing with the biggest kids at times, uh, you know, at our place. But yet they, as a staff, do an amazing job of putting those kids in a great position to be effective. I mean, our kids play hard as heck. Uh, They all run to the football. And, you know, despite some of them not having the prototypical size, speed, strength numbers, you know, that you might look for at a P5 program, you know Brian's done, and his staff. I mean, it's a staff-wide thing. It's not just Brian too. I mean, that group as a whole works incredibly hard, and they've done an amazing job of putting those kids in positions um, to be successful. I mean, you look at our, you look at our outside guys, John Marshall and Nicholas Straw. You know, John Marshall probably looks like he should be playing free safety somewhere, and yet that guy's an electric pass rusher uh, for us. And that's the nature of creativity that Brian has been able to come up with. They took our two nose guards who played so well last year at nose, and they said, well, look, let's get Clay on the field too. So they moved Clay Cromwell over to defensive tackle to get him and Donald Bernhard on the field together. I think our front seven, our front seven talent-wise is really good. And I think they've got a chance to keep us in a lot of football games. But as we know this week in particular, Brian and all DCs talk about it, you gotta stop the run first. And this outfit that East Carolina comes to the line of scrimmage with, and the talent of those skilled people um, is yeoman work. There's no doubt about it. It's gonna be a great test. It's a huge offensive line. Uh, it's a good offensive line. You know, some guys, some guys have offensive lines that are just big, they're just loads. But these guys are big and they're good. You know, they're fundamentally sound, they play good football. So that's gonna be a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous test. Uh, for our group coming up on Saturday to get the Mids a stalemate in the running game and, and try to take away uh, that part of the offense there uh, for East Carolina because we know if they can get that running game going, that makes life so simple on an offense. When you can run the football effectively and Holt Nailers is not having to play hero ball out there for you because you've you run the ball successfully, it just makes life so, so simple. And that's the beauty of that running game that East Carolina has been able to put together.
2: A couple of things that really stood out about the Middies defensively, and that is, um, you know, fifty-two yards per game on the ground. Um, you know, and, go, and going against the East Carolina rushing attack that features Keith Mitchell and Rajay Harris, and like you said, a very solid offensive line. And then um, also, Navy's produced nine sacks. And so, so yes, they have allowed. Um, a little over 300 yards through the air, but um, they've really gotten after the quarterback. And so so if you would talk about, you referenced one or two of those guys, but tell us about that talented uh, front.
0: Well, I mean, Jake Busick, uh who's a local kid from here in Maryland, has been terrific. Uh, Bernie Yard, nicknamed Biscuit, has been terrific. Cromwell's been good. John Marshall, Nicholas Straw uh, at the linebacker spot, striker and raider, as we like to call them. Uh, But our middle linebackers, we got, you know, we graduated Diego Fogo, one of the best we've ever had here at Navy. And right now we got four kids that literally can be on the field at any time and have no drop-off at the middle linebacker spots. And, in fact, you know, we've used Tyler Fletcher to go over and kind of spell John Marshall a little bit, our top, uh, you know, pass rusher. So that's how talented uh, that group is right now. But, you know, I mean, ultimately right now with so many young players we have, I mean, it's a huge learning process for our guys right now. Every game, every series uh, is a huge learning process. But the beauty of the game of football is each week you have a chance to get better. And these guys have done that. So while we have a lot of youth, while we have a lot of inexperience out there, there's talent out there. And that's the good thing. And I'll be interested to see what kind of plan Brian comes up with uh, on Saturday because, his teams are always ready to play defensively. that staff is incredibly hard, as this entire coaching, staff, coaching does. staff does. So I'll be able yeah, to see what happens and see, and see if they can meet, that, they challenge, can meet that challenge uh, of those uh, two great of those backs of East, East, back East Carolina has.
2: And then finally, uh, Pete and I, um, we discussed the special teams of the Navy midshipmen, and let's get his thoughts on those midshipmen special teams right now.
3: Well, clearly,
0: not having our kicker, BJ Nichols, uh, is, I mean, that's a significant injury. Uh, You know, they're hoping right now that he'll be back uh, this week. Anytime you're dealing with a kicker with an injury, uh, you know, to to a lower extremity, that's a concern. And you just got to let them have their time and play it out. He's got a tremendously strong leg. But if that leg is not 100%, then in a way, it really doesn't help you. Um, and you can't hurt. You don't want him to get hurt again. Cause then he's, then he's battling that all year and that becomes a problem. So Evan Warren has done a, a fairly solid job in, in the field goal PAT area. Riley Reithman is one of the best punters in America. That's the, the, I mean, our punter is one of the best in America. Put him on the Ray guy list. Let's go. Um, also a tremendous golfer, by the way, uh, if you want to you get, if you want to win some golf tournaments, get Riley Reithman uh, in your foursome out there, but, um, you know, our return game is, is relatively strong. The, The problem, like everybody else, though, everybody's got kickers that boom the ball through the end zone. So whether you have a good return man or not, it doesn't really matter because most of your kickers now are banging the ball through the end zone uh, more often than not. So uh, to me, uh, the question for us will be if Bijan can't go, you know, how does Evan do? Obviously in his place as he's done in the first two games. uh, And you're hoping that you get some consistency there because when you have a chance to score, you must come away with those drives with points. And sometimes if you feel like you've got to press the issue a little bit and maybe go for it on a fourth down because, you know, you're thinking in the back of your mind, I don't have my guy that can bang the ball from 50 consistently. So you may go for it on a fourth down uh, in a situation when you get in plus territory that you might not normally do. So um, those are things that affect the play calling and everything on the weekend. We'll see if the mids are able to do. Uh, something uh, pretty well in the kicking game coming up on Saturday.
3: All right. Thank great. you very much, uh, Pete, and great job, Bubba, as always. I know Pete had another engagement, so he couldn't be with us live. So thanks, for uh, Bubba, for making that happen. Welcome back, Kyle. Kyle. It, feels like we, it feels like we started the show yesterday. We did. It was actually uh, on Monday afternoon, and we're yeah. still going. We're going for the Guinness Book of World Records. Okay for the longest podcast. So, all
4: right.
3: uh, No, we're, uh, we're about to wrap it up. We had the uh, interview there with Pete and um, he was nice enough to come on, even though he had an engagement uh, to do the pirate preview and Navy. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts, Mr. Kyle? Uh, Yeah, Mr. Dave,
1: uh, I I thought we'd go around the horn and get score score predictions if we want to. What do you think? uh, Get out of here. I'm gonna go pirates 34, Navy 24.
3: All right, my prediction is thirty-one twenty-one. Bubba, what about you?
2: Uh, I think earlier I'm, I mentioned something about thirty-four uh, twenty. I could see, I could see something like that. Um, you know, last year while we put up thirty-eight, I think this year we're just as good, if not. I mean, in my opinion, I think we're better offensively. I think that will prove to be true over the course of the season. And uh, but this Navy defense and. They aren't bad, uh, so I think uh, I'll say something along those lines, of 34 to 20, 38, 38, 20. So I, I, think, I think it will be close
3: as to whether the Pirates uh, may potentially cover. All right, we'll see how, see how that goes. All I care about, like you guys said, and most important thing is to win, baby, just win.
2: Yeah,
3: I I, I'll, I'll settle for uh, –
2: 10 nothing, seventeen, three, something like that.
3: I'll take one point in triple overtime. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever it takes, guys. Whatever it takes. It's going to be a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to it. By the way, uh, Bubba, we've got a lot of programming uh, to be proud of and a lot of new stuff coming up, too, that we'll unveil very soon. Yeah, definitely um, go on
2: our YouTube channel and check out Absolute Empowerment. It, it aired last night. Um, Coach Connors caught up with Pernell Griffin, Leonard Henry, as well as Brian Moss, uh, three former East Carolina football players who are currently pastors. And so um, next week, uh, episode four, he will visit with Mike Cassidy, and he is uh, or was a, a college football coach of 35 plus years. I think it was 37 to be exact, and he was the defensive coordinator on the 1991 team and uh, we actually recorded that today, and that was a excellent conversation as I uh, enjoyed listening while producing. But uh, tonight, you obviously watched the Pirate Preview. Um, tomorrow, Wednesday, and we'll have the Pirate Breakdown with Sutton Young and also Sonny and Samantha being hosted um, by B-Pays. Uh, Thursday, we'll have the Inside Slant. I know we'll talk to Bob Kessling. He is the play-by-play voice of the Tennessee Volunteers as they have the Florida Gators um, coming off a a narrow win over the USF Bulls and coming to Neyland Stadium this weekend in a big SEC matchup. So we'll talk to him as well as others on the inside slant as we take a look at week four of college football on a Pirate's Life for me. Um, I will catch up with Alan Powell, better known in East Carolina circles as Pirate Al, on Saturday, I'll have the sights and sounds from Doughty Ficklin, you know, from in and around the stadium. And then on Sunday, we'll take a look back at the uh, the game between the Pirates and Midshipmen with the Pirate football playback presented by l Custom Homes. And that will be
3: coming your way on Sunday evening around 730 or 8 o'clock. And we're also working on a show right now called Cow Unleashed. What do you think, Kyle?
1: Figures. Uh, yeah, we'll, well, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe hold off on that as we uh advertise LK Custom Homes. Uh, yep. uh, I I don't know if I'm gonna be full energy here, uh, soon when I uh, you know, go into chemo. Uh, maybe Kyle, Kyle, uh, Kyle Dragon Ass might be more appropriate.
3: <laughs> Kyle unplugged. <laughs> yeah. Um, since you and I love music so much, uh, LK Custom Homes want to thank Ke- Kevin Walker, he's a licensed general contractor, and give Kev a call 336. 336- 688-8461 eight, 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 one. kk one of the best ever man to put on that pirate uniform and um he is really good as a contractor i tell you what those houses he's done if i like i've said many times i win the lottery i'm going to add some stuff around here and uh definitely do some major improvements uh necessary improvements i have to my house and i'm definitely going to call uh, kev for that kk no doubt four. and you know
2: kevin can meet your needs uh, without Someone winning the lottery as well. He can whatever uh, whatever size oh, home yeah. you, you and your family need. Uh, he can make it happen.
3: You want to
1: expand your single lot? He can do it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Add a second story to your single
1: lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've seen people build houses on the on the manufacturers Build houses, build rooms on the manufactured homes. That's that's done actually. But you know, so
3: uh, by the way, before I forget, guys, again, if you're just joining us, uh, don't forget we have. Uh, Coach Higgins, he's the ECU women's soccer coach, a fantastic guy, and I enjoyed talking to him. Gary Higgins, uh, he invited us over to his office. We actually uh, met in the meeting room there in the Teams Building, the Williams Harvey Teams Building, and it was fantastic. And uh, we'll have that up on our YouTube channel, and you'll get a chance to see that uh, very, very soon. And uh, obviously, we've got a lot of content thanks to Bubba. He's put a lot of stuff up there on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we are, man, we are rolling along there. We have uh, a lot of people have joined Pirates Cove, on, uh, presented by the Sports Objective on Facebook. Uh, that was Kyle Barber's idea, Kyle. And um, we have that. Uh, we started a couple years ago, over a thousand people now, a part of that group. So i will give you a chance to go in there and check it out. Porky's Backyard Barbecue open 11 to 8 daily. And you can go by there in Williamston. It was a Captain D's way back in the day. Uh, dine-in, drive through barbecue, chicken, ribs, seafood, uh, and we're working on them to sponsor our tailgate again on Saturday. And that's
1: uh, at 805 East Boulevard in Williamston, and their phone number is 252-661-8337 if you need to contact them about catering. Do they, do they cater, uh,
3: Dave? <clears throat> yes, they do. Yeah, they cater. If you need uh, catering, um, they can do that. Just give Mark and Terry, the Holiday Brothers. Give them a call. i tell maybe you what the
1: holiday brothers can cut, cater your hot There's some marketing that, that is just pure marketing genius. Let the holiday brothers cater your holiday party.
3: There you go. There you go. And Pete Medhurst, man, we get, maybe we get Pete to come by and uh, check out our barbecue. I'll talk to uh, Mark about that tomorrow for sure, Bubba. Uh, but we're working on that. Uh, you know how the staffing situation is right now. Sometimes Mark has to go in and, People don't show up to work. That's the way our country is right now. So, not to get off on a soapbox, but um, things like that in the restaurant industry, it industry happens a lot. As I'm very tired right now, but we have a lot of great content. We hope that you'll check it out, Kyle, Brother, man, we uh, we're so happy to have you back again tonight. Um, it's not the same without you on our show. And, yeah, I'll
1: try to be here every week. You know, hey, who knows? Once this, you know, the next step starts with me, and I I keep talking about it. I'm sure people get sick of hearing about it, but once the chemo starts, who knows how much energy I'm going to have to participate. But I'm going to try to be here each and every week. And, uh, you know, as we get as I get through this portion of my life and get it behind me and move on.
3: Sounds good. We're looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. And, and hopefully we can have you tailgate with us on Saturday if you fill up to it. I'd uh, love to have you and Jessica. And a lot of people come by uh, Richard Osbrook and put that on Sunday. Uh, guys do you have anything before we go if not we'll get out of here and hopefully people buy tickets and show up on on saturday for sure lots of great programming as we mentioned uh, throughout the week so uh, check that out uh, by subscribing to our youtube channel and like our facebook page all right for pete medhurst for matt Simenza, kyle barber and bubba rosenbaum thank you bubba for producing the show and everything you do behind the scenes this is dave richmond you've been watching the pirate preview and listening to it Right here on the sports objective. Good night, everybody, and as always, go pirates. My
0: is and pirate up my soul, and I don't back down not at all. Find out when the cannons explode. From the, to the post, put it down like night, even close. All out the, for the, flag, for the soul for Everybody stand up, get your hands up, let a team know that we got their back. This is our house, this is our town. Remember, copy that? Everybody in the stands go bananas, feet loud, baby, don't hold back. Every foot, be every yard, every first down, every touchdown with the cannons blast. Get it on, get it all, get the wave going, like the hurricane